The scripture lesson for the basis of my message this morning is found over in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, and beginning with verse 12, reading down through verse 15. I'll give you just a moment to find the scripture lesson in your Bible this morning. St. John, chapter 15, beginning with verse 12. This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. God's love this morning is an unconditional love. He wants us to love one another like he loves us, which is unconditionally. The greatest love a person can show is to die for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends because I have made known everything to you I heard from my father. You'll notice in this passage of scripture, there are two commands that he has given to us. I mentioned the first command that we should love each other unconditionally. And then in verse 14, he said, You are my friend if you do what I command you. I want to talk to you this morning about fog, F-O-G. But really, I want those words to represent something. Friends of God. Friends of God. We usually think about the fact that Jesus is our friend, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But now in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is calling us his friend. But he says that that type of friendship is conditional. It is conditioned upon the fact if I am obedient to him. If I am obedient to him then he calls you and calls me his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command of you. So this morning, we are friends of God if we are obedient to his voice. We're we're living in a day of deception and mistrust. And in reality, it's very difficult to find a true friend that we can really depend upon. You may have a lot of people in your life that you call friends. But in reality, there are, are, are merely acquaintances. People that you know on the job. People that you come in contact with. And so in reality, they are not really your friend. They are really just an acquaintance. You know how to tell the difference between a friend and an acquaintance? I think it's very easy. Just get into trouble. Just need something, and you'll find right then who your real friends are. And when it comes down to it, you may not have as many friends as you think you have this morning. Someone has suggested that if you are successful in life, if you have six people to act as pallbearers at your funeral. I read the story about a a young lady, a single lady that had never been married. And she was thinking about that she needed to prepare for the time when she would die. And so she was prearranging her funeral plans. And 
she was going down through those plans and she was picking out uh, who was going to sing and who was going to speak and all, all the things that are involved in making plans for a funeral. And when she came down to list her pallbearers, her friend who was leaning over her shoulder realized that she had listed six women to be her pallbearers instead of six men. That was somewhat shocking to her friend, and so she asked her, said, uh, why don't you have men instead of women to be your pallbearer? The woman replied, if I couldn't get a man to take me out when I was alive, I'm sure not going to let them take me out when I die. Well, there's numerous types of friends this morning, and they're described in many different ways. There are faucet friends who turn on and off, and you never know when they are on or off. They are fake friends who will fake you out when you need them the most. There are summer friends who will be there some of the time. There are telephone friends who will turn on the answering machine. There are nosy friends who try to live in your business so they can talk about you. Uh, There are friends who want to use you, and when they get what they want, they move right on to someone else. And so you never know what kind of a friend you have this morning until you really need a friend. Now, when we think of a friend, we think of someone that that we can count on, someone that we can call in the midnight hours, early hours of the morning, someone that we can trust with all of our secrets, someone we know that will be there for us through thick or thin, someone who would be willing to feed you when you're hungry, someone who is actually willing to tell you if you're wrong but still love you. When you think of a friend, we think of someone who has her back. Someone has said a real friend is one who will stab you in front. An enemy will stab you in the back. Anyone who says that they are your friend but will not support you when you need help and to comfort you when you need to be comforted, they are not really a true friend. But I want you to know this morning, I know a friend that can do all of these things and even more. Jesus told his disciples, You are my friend if you do what I command you, and I love you so much that I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Jesus is a wonderful friend, a friend who is willing to leave his heavenly mansion to be born in a lowly manger, to die on Calvary's cross, to rise again. Someone who left a place of peace to be in a place of chaos and confusion. He is my friend this morning. As I look over my past life, I would have to say that I've had some really good friends. And then there have been some really lousy friends who I thought were my friend. Linda and I have been blessed with fantastic friends down through the years. They're dependable. They're steady. They love us, and we love them. 
and sometimes the friends that we have, uh, we only see maybe once every five years or, or maybe longer than that. But when we do get together, it seems as though that we never lost contact. We just picked right up where we left off five years ago or ten years ago and continue our conversations. But this morning, there's no greater friend that we can have than Jesus Christ. As the song that was sung this morning, a friend of Jesus, oh, what bliss that one so vile as I should ever have a friend like this to lead me to the sky. This morning, I want to focus on what it means to be a friend of God, and that in return, he is considered to be our friend. First of all, a true friend loves unconditionally. I read the story about UCLA. Several years ago, their football team was going through what you would call a drought. They couldn't win a game no matter how hard they tried. They, they were having a, a dismal season with wins and losses. And the head coach was Pepper Rogers. He was under intense pressure, criticism. Some were calling for his resignation and wanting him to resign. And some were wanting him to be fired. And, and uh, in fact, things got so bad for Pepper Rogers that even some of his closest friends began to bail on him and, and was encouraging him to resign, thinking it was best for the college and for the football team. And Pepper Rogers said, as I look back over that season, it is a rough season. It was a tough year. He said it seemed as though that my dog was my only true friend. And so I, I went to my wife one day and said, uh, you know, every man needs at least two good friends. So my wife went out and bought me another dog. Two good friends. She said, a dog is man's best friend. Well, someone said that only God and my dog can love me unconditionally. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, we find the quality of a faithful friend. In that passage of Scripture, it tells us a friend is one who loves us at all times. That is describing this morning an unconditional love. A love that is based on biblical love. Biblical love this morning is not a romantic love. It's not a family love. It's a love for God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. A love that reaches up to God first and then reaches out to others around us. This kind of love means that you will love in the good times and you'll love in the bad times. When things are going good and right, you're there to love. When things are going bad, you're still there to love. A farmer was questioned one time about being involved in an election scandal. Did you sell your vote, the attorney asked. No, sir. Not me, the farmer said. I voted for that fellow because I like him. Now, come on, threatened the attorney. I have evidence that he gave you $50 to vote for him. Well, now the farmer said, um, you know, it's just plain common sense that when a fellow gives you $50, you like him. Well, a true friend this morning cannot be bought off. Uh, 
He does not have to tell you that He loves you because you know that He loves you. A, a, fr- a real friend is someone who knows all about you. And they even know that sometimes you make a fool of yourself, but they don't feel like you've done a permanent job. They feel like it, it'll pass over. A, a, a true friend thinks you're a good egg, even though at times he thinks you're a little bit cracked. True friendship is not dependent this morning upon perfection or performance. Henry Ward Beecher one time said, Everyone should keep a fair-sized backyard in which they bury the faults of their friends. How true that is. True friendship is always based on real love. Real love. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so this morning, a true and loving friendship knows no limits and knows no boundaries. There's a friendship that cannot be broken. The songwriter wrote, A friend I have called Jesus, whose love is strong and true and never fails, howe'er tis tried, no matter what I do. Secondly, a true friend is loyal. They will help you when you're down. Over in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 10, we read, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I read about a newspaper in England several years ago. They offered to give a large reward to the one who had the best definition of a friend. Thousands and thousands of definitions were entered into the contest. But the winning one read like this. A friend is one that comes when everyone else goes. That is a true friend. You know, most people already know if they've messed up in life. They don't need you or me to come along and tell them how bad they have messed up. They don't need for us to come up and tell them, I told you so. I told you so. That was going to happen. What do they need? They need a friend. They need a friend to help them, lift them back up, and get them back on their feet. I remember uh, reading about Jackie Robinson in my younger days, and still am. I'm a sports fan. I, I love all kinds of sports, and especially baseball and when I was a young kid growing up, I had, you know, those baseball cards that came in bubble gum. And I had more bubble gum and more cards than, than you could shake a stick at. And, and I kept them down through the years. And, and uh, when our boys got a little older, uh, I said, I'm going to let you play with these cards. I didn't realize that someday they may be worth a lot of money. And so... Uh, uh, I had those cards, Jackie Robinson, and all those those back there years and years ago. They're really worth some money today. And so they were playing with them. When it came time for them to give me the cards back, we had a U-Haul trailer that we were moving some stuff with. Come to find out, they left those cards in that U-Haul trailer. I told them later on, and I said, your inheritance just went in that U-Haul trailer. 
It's gone. No more. But Jackie Robinson, I, I read his story. I saw his story on TV not long ago, but he was the first African-American to ever play Major League Baseball. And uh, his story, story is somewhat sad because breaking that, that color barrier, everywhere he went, he faced hostile crowds. Even teammates did not want him on their team. And sometimes he'd stay by himself. He, he was out there all alone. And I remember one day he was playing a baseball game in his home stadium of Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, New York. There's a hard ground ball uh, grounder that came toward him and being sure-handed he always caught him but this time he booted the ball and and committed an error and and it didn't turn out to be a good thing the fans begin to jeer him and they begin to boo him and uh, he could hear the noise from the crowds of their disapproval of the of the mistake that he had made and the error that he had produced and he was humiliated uh, he was all alone out there in the baseball field with thousands of people in that stadium booing and, and, and hooting at him and, and, and putting him down. He said all of a sudden Pee Wee Reese, who was the shortstop, came from his position, walked over to second base where, where I was standing, put his arm around me, didn't say a word, just stood there with his arm around me, he said it wasn't long till the booing began to die down and, and all the noise began to die down and finally it was gone. Jackie Robinson later said, that arm around my shoulder that day saved my baseball career. What? He had a friend. A true friend is someone you can count on to be your friend when others walk out on you, when others are booing you, and others are putting you down. You know, most of us want and we need that kind of friend that will stand with us even after we've messed up our life. We, we messed up the play and, and it looks like there's no redemption. You know, Jesus did not walk out to the mound and our second base and put his arm around us. He willingly, willingly walked to Calvary's rugged cross and died for us. He did not stand with you to save your career. He died and sacrificed his life that your life might be saved. The wise man described Jesus as a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The word stick literally means cleave, adhere. It refers to the soldering or joining of, of two metals together. That means that he will stick closer to you and me than blood relation, a brother or sister or a family member. You know, when we put our faith and our trust in God, we are yielded and welded to him, and nothing can separate that love of God. Again, the songwriter wrote, A friend when other friendships cease, a friend when others fail. A friend who gives me joy and peace. A friend when foes assail. Friendship with Jesus. Fellowship with God. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. Is he your friend this morning? I hope that he is. Thirdly, a true friend is a good listener. You know, we're living in a day and time that people are just wanting someone to lend 
a listening ear. They just want somebody that they can talk to and confide in. Many people are needing a friend because they're, they're going through situations and circumstances and sometimes it's relationship problems and health problems and financial needs. And In fact, I just want you to know that everybody today is having some kind of a problem. They may not tell you. You may not know about it. But they're going through some difficulty in their life. They just need a good listener. And so the cry that is heard today is, no one has time to stop and listen to me. You know, maybe what's happened to our country in the last two or three weeks, it may turn out to be a good thing. We may appreciate others more than we have in times past. We may appreciate our families more than we ever have. We, we may appreciate the liberties and the freedoms that we have enjoyed that was suddenly taken away from us. You know, it may turn out to be a good thing. But people are saying, I don't have anyone I can confine in. I don't have anyone to talk to. You know, I remember as a young preacher, in a, in a certain pastor, Lynn and I had gone to the district superintendent to talk to him about a, a particular situation that we were going through. And, and it was done in confidence, not telling anyone else. But, you know, before we hardly got back home, Word was already spread out what that situation was. The district superintendent was telling others what we had told him in confidence. I want you to know this morning that if anyone tells you anything in confidence, keep it in confidence. That they can trust you. And I learned a lesson that morning, uh, that day, in keeping confidence. And so people, people want someone they can just talk to. I read the story about a little boy. He was sent to the corner grocery store by, by his mother to buy a, a loaf of bread. And she knew about how long it would take him to go to the grocery store, buy the bread, and come home. But this day it took him a little bit longer than it should have been. And, and she was beginning to come, uh, become concerned and, and wondering where her little boy was. And, and after an amount of time, when he finally came home, his mother looked at her little boy and said, where have you been? I have been sick. I have been worried about you. I, I thought something had happened to you. Well, the little boy answered, you know, when I was coming home, there was a little boy with a broken bike sitting on the sidewalk, and he was just crying. And so I just stopped to help him. His mother looked at her son and said, I didn't know you knew anything about uh, fixing bicycles. Well, the little boy said, I don't. I don't know anything about fixing bicycles. I just stayed there and cried with him for a little bit. You know, that's what people want today. There may be times when our very best friends are, are willing to listen to our problems and we're even willing to help, but, but we're limited in what we can do. We can only do so much. But I want you to know this morning, there is a friend. His name is Jesus who not only is ready to listen, but one who is there to help us. He's not subject to moral limitations. He's not limited. He's there to give you strength. He's there to give you support in your time of need. He's there to supply all of your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus if we just put our faith and our trust in Him. 
Jesus this morning is a friend who will never break your confidence. You can tell him anything you want to tell him, and he's there to listen to you. We can bear our, bear, bear our soul out to him during the good times and the bad times of life. Again, the songwriter wrote, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege, not a duty, but what a privilege to take everything to God in prayer. The fourth thing I'd like to mention, a true friend is valuable. Someone once said, a friend is one of the most valuable possessions that we can have in this life. So we need to take care of them. One of the greatest compliments that can ever be paid to anyone is for someone to refer to you as their friend. You know, I think in our lesson this morning that Jesus has opened up a new kind of relationship between himself and his disciples. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. The word friend is descriptive of a very interesting relationship that exists between man and God. It conveys the idea of an intimate, a closeness, a trust between two people. And God wants us to know this morning, He is our friend. But that does not mean that we're on the same level as God. He wants us to have that intimate relationship, that closeness, that trust in Him that He desires and had desired from the beginning of time. There's a lot of things that's hard for us to understand. But one of the most baffling things for me to understand, and that is this. Why would God call me His friend? To think that Jesus would somehow call us his friend is beyond my imagination. It's sacred. It's a humbling privilege to walk on earth and still have the honor and the privilege of being considered a friend of God. Of all of the friends that we could possibly have in this world, I want you to know there's no greater nor better friend than Jesus. The songwriter wrote, Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life. Eternal joy. He's my friend. In closing, I just want to give you three reasons why Jesus deserves to be your friend this morning. First of all, Jesus deserves to be your best friend because he already knows you better than anyone else. He knows all about us this morning. He knows our shortcomings and, and, and all of those things, but, you know, he still likes us anyway. Secondly, Jesus deserves to be your friend because he's done more for you than anyone else. In John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down One's life for his friends. He laid down his life for us this morning, his friends. And thirdly, Jesus will always be there when you need him. The words of that great old hymn says it all. I needed one to share my cares, to lead when dark the way. I prayed for one to take my hand and guide me every day. Then 
I met Jesus, wonderful friend. He loved me and saved me, love without end. Now I am walking close by his side. Storms may surround me. In him I hide. This morning, Jesus wants to be your friend. But the question is, are you Jesus' friend? And if so, what kind of friend are you? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call you? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing, it's amazing, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, He calls me friend, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, He calls me friend, God Almighty, Lord of glory, You have called great day. We love you. It's good to be with you here in your house this morning. We can't wait to see you here back at church.